praise the Lord. Wow. Wow. Say wow. Wow. How good it is. I was blessed, David said. Blessed. Not cursed. Blessed. When they said, even at the, at the prospect of coming into the house of God, said, I am <laughs> I'm rejoicing to be in the house of God. This is, and I can't, I'm sorry to say, I can't say this everywhere. Uh, you know, there's churches I go there once, I get the t-shirt, and that's about all there is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know this is God's house. Amen. Um, and so it's, it's always like, uh, it, 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 there's nothing to be nervous about. I feel very comfortable with you. Uh, and there's no spirit of rebuke on me this morning. God already told me, don't you even go there. And uh, there's a special, you know, God loves everyone. I mean, you know, he loves a sinner. He loved, I mean, he loves, he loved me and he loved you when you didn't even know him, right? But, but there, there is a special love, just like he had for John. And that's what I feel. There's a special a dispensation of love for this church, for this body. And uh, so I'm, I'm uh, humbled by being with you this morning. And, you know, I know I've known Pastor Jolly for, and he used to, he still had some dark hair back then. <laughs> He's been coloring it ever since. He, feel, he feels he looks more wise and distinguished oh, yeah, this way. Sure. So he colors it, but, you know, his real hair color is, is actually, are you blonde or what are you? Oh, you're brown. Well, yeah. So this is a color, just in case you didn't know, okay? <laughs> just kidding. Um, this story that you told, it just reminded me of something. Is it okay if I tell a story? No, I found that, you know, the older you get, the more stories you have. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and it's okay. I like, I like story. I like stories when they're true. Okay. This is the true story. Now, uh, it encourages me to know that God is still the God of miracles. You know, he did not retire or said, well, you know, I, I've done miracles for all this time. You know, I've, uh, you know, I've, been, I've been the great uh, provider. I've been El Shaddai. I've been the healer, the miracle worker. But, but, you know, I'm tired of it. I'm blasé now, so I don't do this anymore. Well, I'm glad to hear that God is still in the business Amen. of doing miracles. Yes, Amen. So it reminded me of a story. We were in Denver with Josette. And uh, we're, there was a meeting there, and we were supposed to go back home. We lived in the mountains back then. And I'm walking next to Josette on the sidewalk, and she stops. And there was a man on the side, of, you know, against the wall here. And she told me, I feel impressed to give this man $20. Now, $20 is no big deal. But if that's the only thing her and I have in our wallet, right. and we know we have, a, we have a Lincoln Continental Mark IV with an empty gas tank, and we still have to go climb up the mountains, right. that $20 became very valuable. Oh, yeah. 
and God told her, you give this to this old man. Well, I've learned over the years, you don't question when, you know, if you know what's good for you, you don't question <laughs> Josette when she decides to do something. Right. You know, I say, yes, ma'am. So <laughs> anyway, she, she gives, you know, I say, okay. She gives the $20, and the guy walks away, and immediately Josette felt, you know, I'm, I'm going to see where he's going. You know, I mean, we don't know the man. He, he's, he looks like a homeless person. She goes back to, I mean, I'm talking about within 10 seconds. She goes back to where we, we met him, and he's gone, evaporated. I mean, there was no street, no doorway to go to. I mean, he, he was gone. We know this was an angel. Now, the, the reason I'm telling you this story is that that put us in a position for a blessing. Yes. We didn't know it at the time. Right, right. But like a, a year later, Josette has to go to South Denver from Netherland, Colorado. That is a, close to 60 miles. And it's all the way downhill to, to uh, 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 Aurora, which is South Denver. So she's in a Toyota Land Cruiser to whom you make no promises about putting gas in. You better, you, you better come through. Right. That was a the gas guzzler. And we had no money to put in that tank. Well, she went down. I mean, she has, she has less than half a gallon of gas in that tank. Well, she couldn't have made it down, down there already. Do you know that she did the whole trip down the canyon to South Denver about 60 miles, and made it all the way back, wow. all uphill now. Yeah. And she made it all the way to the gas station in our little, uh, little town of Netherlands and was able to fill up. That's awesome. On, on less than, back then, it was like a dollar worth of gas. Wow. I believe, I attribute that to being obedient. Yes. With that $20, yeah. boy, that $20 turned into a huge blessing. Oh, amen. 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 Are, you, are you looking for blessings? Yes. Who needs a blessing this morning? Amen. See, I believe that we should live in the supernatural 24-7. Yes, sir. It shouldn't be a, a rare occurrence that we testify about for the next 25 years that God did something. It should be a daily thing. It becomes a way of life. Let me say this again. Living the abundant life should be a way of life. Yeah. Where we're not surprised, like, oh, God did that? Yeah. He's a God of miracles. Amen. 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 So this morning, well, before I, I, I need to do my job, otherwise Josette's going to get on me and... We don't want that. So let me just draw your attention to a couple of things. Uh, one is the very latest book. It has the story about the gas tank and all that multiplication of food, of money, uh, going to the ATM when we know there's no money in the bank. That's usually the principle. You can get money out of that box, but there better be money in the account. Right. You know, that's the way it works. It's, 
story. I'm that's a weird word. So there's a, there's a bunch of stories. This is a story of Josette and I's life, the way we grew up, how we met, how we got married. That's a funny story by itself. Lester Sumwall interviewed us one time, uh, you know, when he was still uh, out there in South Bend, oh, yeah. and in the green room, it, well, in his office, he, he wanted to know how we met, so we told him, I'm not going to tell you the story because you got to get the book. <laughs> and uh, he got a chuckle out of that. He was laughing so hard. And uh, so we think, okay, it's good. He got a good laugh. Let's move on. So we go to the set and they, they roll the camera. He starts speaking the first thing out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. right. you, you knew him, right? Oh, yeah. uh, he said, you know, I think the audience would really get a kick out of, or he didn't say it that way, but they would really enjoy hearing how you guys met. He made us tell this on television. Anyway, we weren't as secure back then as we are today. We were so ashamed, so embarrassed. But anyway, that story is in here. Uh, a man raised from the dead. I wish there were 20 of them. We only saw in our ministry one man genuinely raised from the dead. And many stories. But the, the, the real purpose of this is to encourage people, no matter what they may be going through right now, how they feel about themselves, what the devil has convinced them of, what side of the track they were born on, how little education they got, how mistreated they were when they were kids, how poor they were growing up. It don't matter to God. It's like he totally ignores it, and then he tells us, hey, now, now, you are a New creation. All things are yeah. truly passed away, yes. and all things have become new. If you had known Josette and I when we were growing up, or when I was a teenager and stuff, she was always a good girl. Me, I was not a good girl or a good boy. <laughs> but you, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not confused about that. I know I'm a boy, okay? But uh, stop it, you guys. I can't be. This is a serious meeting now. This <laughs> but the way we, including ourselves, the way we grew up, there's no way we could have imagined the places where God was going to take us, the influence, the favor that we would see in our lifetime. It, it's, it's just out of character. This, it, this should not happen. But you know what? It did. Right. It did. So that's the story. So uh, maybe this doesn't fit you, but you know somebody that may be down and out, may not even be saved. I'll tell you what. If they don't get off their rear end after reading this, yeah. there's not much hope for them. Because I'll tell you, from where we came from to where God brought us, it's called a faith odyssey and it is a journey right and that's we good. know that it's true because we we lived it amen yeah, amen true. so anyway that's back there uh tomorrow this i'm almost i struggled with this you know what the name of the church is right yeah. amazing grace yes. grace i'm gonna speak on grace this morning and i almost almost feel like embarrassed you know you know the place 
This place has been around for a long time, carrying that name. And so the subject of gray should be one that's been covered, you know, all the way. So here I am, and God tells me that I have to talk about grace, yeah. about his grace. And I've learned, if I learned one thing over the 30 plus years of ministry, when the boss says something, yes, sir. you better obey. Amen. So I'm, I'm going to do that. But this book I wrote a few years ago, it addresses the, it's going to say greasy grace, abundant, you know, not abundant grace, but, but the, 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 you know, just far-fetched grace that, that you can't find in the Bible. You know, if it's not in the Bible, it's not true. I don't care how new and appealing it is. It's, if it's not true, it's not true. Amen. But, uh, Anyway, that book is back there and many others uh, that you can avail yourself to. Then we have something called Operation Madagascar, where um, families, couples, even young, we have young people, Brad Close, his son, uh, has been supporting this for five or six years now. Uh, we figured it takes $20 a month per child to feed them, educate them, clothe them, and uh, give medical uh, care uh, per month, $20 per month. And you know, in, in America, $20 nowadays, yeah. you know, I spend more at Burger King uh, during a month, you know, on that. And it shows, right? Um, but anyway, um, so we, we have this program where you can commit to $20 a month for at least a year, and uh, every penny, let me make this clear because sadly there's some organization they take a lot of administrative costs, uh, salaries or whatever off the top. We don't. Uh, everything that comes in through Operation Madagascar goes directly to the children. Okay. So anyway, you can you can do that. And I think there's a basket back there. If you can't do that, uh, you can do something. Right. Hello. I mean, come on. We we in. Uh, we're in Michigan. You guys are rolling in money. Uh, I'm, 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 I know the biggest problem you have is knowing how you're going to spend your money, right? Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, a third way you can help us, so, so the basket is back there. You put in whatever you can. And then these cards, it looks like a card, right? But actually, uh, my daughter makes these. She handcrafts them, and she never she refuses to sell them online or anywhere else. Uh, she just wants to have fun with it, but she also wants to bless the kids of Madagascar. So we have all kinds of cards. We have a lot of Christmas cards back then, uh, including this one. I'll put that one back gently. You know when I go back, but um, you, uh, there's a donation of seven dollars minimum. Uh, it, co it costs more than that in time to make this, okay? Right. But uh, it'll, it'll be very unique. Whoever you give this to, they're going to appreciate it. But that's, that's aside from the real purpose. Every penny of those $7 or more will go to the kids of Madagascar. Amen? We have 105 of them right now uh, at a village. Uh, we have a 22,000-square-foot building that we're able to house them in and put the classrooms in, uh, solar 
power, which is <laughs> in that environment, that is huge. We were, God blessed us, and we were able to do that. And um, so it's, it's a great facility. The kids are safe. They're not, there's no predator that, that can come, come near. And I'll tell you, they're well-fed and closed. Uh, they have no remembrance of where they came from, awesome. which was the general idea. Amen. Amen. Exactly. Anyway, so help us, help us with that. And then uh, I didn't even talk to you about that, uh, but we're taking the team in April. Yep. Uh, we still have, I think, three spots open on that team. I made a mistake in Texas in one church, and I said, I only want guys. It's a, you know, it's a work team, construction, right? So, I don't know, I'm sorry, maybe I'm too French yet. But I'm thinking, I want, some, I want some guys. The pastor's wife brought in two other girls that were, had been in military service, and boy, did they straighten me out. <laughs> you know, she basically presented, like, are we chopped liver or what? Do you, right. do you, do you, who do you think does all of She was very kind, but, but she's a great girl. She said, who do you think does all the work around here? Me and these two girls. I said, okay then. So, so they're going to be on the team. Awesome. They're going to be on the team. But, so, uh, we, but we have three spots still open. That's just going to be the second week in April if, uh, if you're interested in coming with us. Okay? Amen? Amen. And I'm pretty fun on the trip. <laughs> I can be, yeah. Can be, yeah. yeah. You, you saw Tim Cross. He thinks he's fun on the trip. I got him beat. No contest. <laughs> Have you ever had Pastor Tim Cross here? Uh, oh, okay. Well, he's he's a good man. <laughs> Praise God. Well, can we pray over the world? Uh, thank you for those that are watching online. Uh, just a little. I'm sure it's been said many times before, but there's no distance in the spirit. So whatever is communicated here, whatever is imparted here goes to you as well, wherever you're watching. Amen? Praise God. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you that your word is true, that you are still the way maker, yeah. the miracle worker, the light in the darkness. You are. And Lord Jesus, this morning we value this time where you're going to speak to us, where you're going to share your heart with us, Lord God, may I totally disappear. May I become insignificant and invisible. And may only you speak. And may only you manifest yourself in this place. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Yes. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So the title of my message is Grace or Mercy? Grace or Mercy? How many of you know both grace and mercy are from God. They're from the heart of God. But you know, there's two different words. There's a reason for that. See, a lot of times we just differentiate between mercy and grace. They're not the same. They're both from God, but they're not the same. Hello! They're not the same. Maybe this is a, really? Do you know what the difference is? 
You do know? Yes. Praise God. But won't you tell me? Won't you up here? And <laughs> Now, can I give you my, I'm going to give you what I've learned through the word and through experience. Right. You know, I, sometimes illustrations really help to understand really some principles from the Bible. We may understand them, but not completely. So an illustration goes a long way. Right. Amen. Amen. See, uh, some people think, and this is even preached in places, where because God's love is unconditional, grace is also unconditional. That could be no farther from the truth. I'm going to let that settle a little bit. Grace is not unconditional. How, how were you saved? How, how did this happen? How were you saved? Faith. See, faith was a condition. The grace for salvation had been dispensed when Jesus died on the cross, yes, right? Yes. He paid the price. He paid the bill then. But we didn't cash in and couldn't cash in until we entered into that agreement by faith. So faith became the condition for grace to be manifested. That's good. Are you getting this? Yes. Okay. So uh, let, me, let me go on. So mercy is an expression of God's love and compassion. <laughs> when the conditions for grace are not met. It's very possible as a Christian, born-again Christian, spirit-filled, tongue-talker, to live according to mercy, but not according to grace. You know, you, when you're saved, you can't get any more saved than you are, right? right. right. Okay, we, we got that, okay? But you know, one time Jesus said, I have come that day, that means us, that they might have life and life more abundantly. The, the abundant life is a promise from Jesus just as much as, as salvation is, is it not? Now, have you, now just think about yourself. Don't look at anybody else, but. Can you, if you're really honest with yourself, can you truly say, I'm fully living the abundant life today, right now? I'm raising my hand just to show you how to do it, but I, you know, I don't. I wish I was. Hello? Amen. But to me, it's something that I'm striving for, but I... I'm honest enough to realize there's got to be more than this. Yes. See, and that should be our attitude. We should always want more of God, more of his presence, more of his miracles, more of his abundance in our lives. And that includes everything, you know, our, our joy, peace, money. It's all inclusive, okay? But how many of you 
one more. I guess most of our others, you know, you got a cramp in your right hand or something. <laughs> but, you know, if we're honest enough, we, we, we're not totally satisfied. Right. We, we should be like Mick Jagger. I can't get no <laughs> satisfaction. <laughs> in a spiritual realm, we should never be satisfied. Paul was never satisfied. Right. He was content. Yes. But he was never satisfied. There's always more. So there's always more. There's still more for me. There's still more for me. Hallelujah. Even, you know, everything that we've seen, I know there's more. Now, the reason there's not more is because we are sometimes satisfied to survive. I call it surviving under mercy when we could be enjoying the grace of God. That passes all understanding. Amen. So that's, that's really my heart this morning is to uh, show you the difference. And then and I'm including myself in this. This is not you. This is us. All right. I'm in the same boat as you are, you know, trying to figure, figure it out. All right. Yes. Say to your, to your neighbor, he's still trying to figure it out. Wonder what is he doing with the mic then? Well, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be cruelly honest. Now, grace is the way by which God provides salvation and abundant life to the believer. Now, this is individually blessing and supernatural provision and favor that's provided not by mercy, but by grace. Yes. Collectively. You look at Psalms 133, how good it is, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Now that's all nice and wonderful. But it says that's where the anointing flows. No, you you can have you can be at home and be in the presence of God. But there's something when the grace of God is manifested on us collectively, like it is this morning, yeah. it's compounded. I mean, it becomes like a power, a force that cannot be stopped. Right. Amen? Right. There's an anointing, there's a power, there's a grace that is manifested collectively, and boy, we enjoy blessing. Are you blessed this morning? Amen. I am so blessed. I, you know, I, I can hardly stand it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, sir. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. And this is Jesus. This is in red letters, probably in your Bible. Jesus said to Paul, My grace, say my grace. Not the one that's being taught erroneously by some, but to his grace is, you know, it's got characteristics. It's, it's, not, it's not something that's made up. It's genuine. It's true grace. And he says, my grace, if you are possessing and, and grasping my grace, it is sufficient for you. 
Mercy, let me say this, and I'm, I'm not blaspheming. I'm not telling some that, that, that you can't justify in the Bible. Mercy will never be sufficient. It wasn't meant to be. See, I see mercy. This is, it's still, hey, thank God for his mercy. They had bailed me out many times when I was not in a position for grace. Thank God for it. But I see it like, you know that thing you got in the trunk that you probably wish you never used? It's called a donut. Don't eat it, please. But you know, that thing is only meant to be used temporarily. When you have a flat tire and you're on the side of the road, well, hey, you got to do what you got to do. So you pull the thing off. But it says right on the directions, do not drive for longer than 50 miles on this thing. And that's the way we should view living under mercy. Mercy is wonderful until you get to where you can get fixed and be back in, in grace. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Well, well, I was, you know, I'm a child of God. So I'm always in it, flowing in God's grace. There's a verse in the Bible that says some have fallen from grace. You know, to fall from something, like, you know, if you fall from a roof, you were on the roof first before you fell. Right. So some people have lived under the grace of God for their salvation, and then, I don't know what happened, they fell off the slippery roof or something. But they've fallen, and Paul mentions them, they've fallen from grace. Good. That's good. Hallelujah. See, there's a word for mercy in French. And it's miséricorde. Now, if I break it down, it goes like this. Misery, corde. What does misery, misery come? Misery? Yeah. Sounds like misery, doesn't it? And then corde is the word in French that you use for a rope. So to me, mercy is the rope that God throws you when you're about to go down for the third time. Come on. And thank God it's there. Oh, yeah. Thank God for mercy. But boy, that ain't no way to live, like we say in Tennessee. No way to live. Tell the person next to you, there ain't no way to live. Why would we be you know, satisfied with mercy when we can have amazing grace? Why? So you need to remember what Jesus paid for that grace that he offers to us. See, you get a greater appreciation for anything when you know what it costs. I wear, well, not today, but, you know, anyway, I wear, I wear Elgin today. I love it, but, you know, it has no great value because I know what I paid for it. Right. If I was to lose it, whoop-de-doo. Now, if this was a Rolex, yeah, we're talking, we're talking real money now. And if I get, it got stolen, I would not be a happy camper. Right. 
That grace that God so much wants us to permanently live in caused a great price. How can we, I think Paul said that, how can we neglect such, such grace? How can we take it for granted? How are we going to say, well, I'm okay with living in mercy? Right. You know, that to me sounds like an insult. That's like, you know, you're, you're, you're buying a, a Mercedes for your, your son, and he says, ah, I'm okay with my moped. <laughs> Stupid! <laughs> Hello? Praise God. <laughs> hey, I heard a story not too long ago. A guy was stopped on the side. This was many, many, many years ago. He got, um, he got on the side, you know, he got, uh, had a, a mechanical problem, so he had to pull on the side of the road, and so he, there he is, and he's got his hood up, and he looks in there. He said, I don't know what to do. I mean, he has no mechanical skills whatsoever. He just looks in there. And sometimes we, we're like this. We're on the side of the road. We lift up the, the hood and we say, I don't know what to do about this. I just know there's something wrong. Right. You know, I'm, I'm on the side of the road and I'm not going anywhere. There's got to be something wrong. I just don't know how to fix it. That's where we're at this morning. We got the hood up. And then, while he's there, not knowing what to do, a car pulls up behind him. A guy comes out, very well-dressed. He says, can I help you? He says, help me? Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. So the, the man goes and looks in the, under the hood, fiddles around a little bit, says, go ahead and start it. So he starts. Thing starts right back up, puts down the hood. And uh, the guy said, wow, how did you do that? And the guy introduced himself. He says, my name is Henry Ford. <laughs> I, I built this car. And it, it's, it's unacceptable that one of my creations would be on the side of the road not going anywhere. Don't accept what God doesn't accept. We can do better. Tell the person next to you, you can do better. I can do better. I can do better. It's hard to believe, but I can do better. <laughs> Praise God. Woo, are you getting something out of this? Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, um, you may want to turn to it, but you know this is where Paul says, that uh, he says it this way, I am, or the identity that I have, I am who I am by the grace of God. You know that you can never be fully who God wants you to be without being positioned for grace. See, there's a reason why you're in this church and not someplace else. See, there is a 
special grace that is upon you because you're connected, you know, to the place where God puts you. If God didn't put you here, I don't know what the heck you're doing here. You need to know that where you're at, that's where God planted you. Because he knew the climatic conditions. He knew the soil composition. He knew that's where you were going to grow. So there's a grace right there. Right? So Paul says, I am who I am by the grace of God. But he could have also added, I do what I do by the grace of God. Jesus said, without me, you can put in parentheses, without my grace, you can do nothing. Well, I'll tell you, I know about that one. I'm, I'm trying to keep up with God, have been trying for 31 years to keep up with what God is doing with great difficulty. But I know that none of that is because of us. It's all because of his grace. But you have to be positioned for grace. How many of you know anything at all? I mean, you're in Michigan. I would, I would think you know something about football. You got more football teams around here than, wow. It's a wonder you can do anything else but football. Anybody know a little bit about football? You know, at least the basics. Well, the basic is, you know, you always have a quarterback on the offense. And by the way, we're never on defense. We're always on the offense. So you have a quarterback. God is the greatest quarterback that's ever been. He, he knows how to get that ball of grace and blessing to you. He knows how to do that. He knows the distance. He knows what, what speed. He knows exactly the only thing he has no control of. To complete a pass is the receiver being in position. He cannot, and he won't control that. I wish he would, <laughs> but he doesn't control that, right? So the principle is God, God is, con I see this so clearly, God constantly, because he wants to get us to live the abundant life. He wants to provide that through his grace, but some of us, we're in the locker room while he's throwing the ball. I'm no you know, rocket scientist, but I know this much. Not too many receivers will catch any balls, no matter how well they're thrown, while they're in the locker room. So you got to be in position. You got you to be looking for that expecting it. Man, I mean, it's coming. So you put yourself in a position to receive that blessing. I tell you, God wants that blessing for you more than you want it for you. For your children, your family, your business, your neighborhood, the people you have influence over. See, if you if you're just based Barely making it. You tell me how people that know you at work or on the marketplace, how do you think they will want what you have when you ain't got nothing to show? 
pretty basic marketing. I mean, man, I tell you, if, if you got a bananas that have been sitting on, the, on that rack for two weeks and you know they, they're almost walking, <laughs> not too many people are going to, I mean, unless they're crazy, they're not going to buy that. Listen, we, we better live and get a hold of this abundant life that Jesus wants us to have. And we can have it. Listen, you know how it starts? Do you know when it starts? Because I'm sure all of you want that abundant life. I know that. But you know how it starts and when it starts? Is when we don't settle for anything less. We got to develop this attitude like that, that woman that had the issue of blood. And she was done with that. She said, that's it. I, you know, I have no place to go. I spent all my money. So the doctor, that's not an option anymore. And she said, if it's the last thing I do, I will touch the hem of his garment and I will get that healing grace from Jesus if it's the last thing I do. Man, she was determined. She was the, are you determined this morning? Aren't you sick and tired of just kind of limping along? I am. And I, you know, and I'm doing good, but by what's, what standard? I may feel, well, I'm doing good, and compare myself to, you know, the backslide. Oh, yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah. But not according, that doesn't mean that it's according to God's good, standard. Right. What is acceptable to Him? I know as a preacher, as a minister, somebody that's been saved for 47 years. I know that I don't meet 100% God's expectations. So I'm always trying to find a way. How can I correct this? How can I get better in better position? Because maybe sometimes I'm running like this and the ball is coming. I can't even, I don't even know. Because maybe I'm running too fast. Sometimes we're too slow. Sometimes we we just not, nowhere for the quarterback to find us. Hello? That's, that happened to Elijah. He had to go find him in a cave. He said, what you doing here? I was looking for you on the field, you know, within the you know, 20 yards of the goal. And you were gone. What you doing here? wonder if God is thinking about some of us that way. What are you doing here, Elijah? Time to get out of that cave. Amen? Tell your neighbor. Tell her. I'm coming out of the cave. Amen. I tell you, it's time to put our uniforms back on. Dust off all the <laughs> crud that we accumulated all the opposition, all the bad stuff, and say, I'm done with that. You know, there's, there's got to be a determination like Paul had. See, he knew what his goal was. He's, he could see the, <laughs> you know, he could see the end zone. He could see it. You know that, right? And at one point in Acts 20, he said, none of these things, Move me. 
It could be, no, these things, I will not allow anything to move me out of my position. There's all kinds of things that the devil does trying to move us out of position. And it's a, it's a drop ball. Amen? We cannot allow this, especially in the days that we live in now. Boy, there cannot be a fumble. No drop balls. <laughs> no, you know, no, no, no running without purpose. You know, there's people, that, they get the ball, and they run in the wrong direction. In a football game, that's not good. <laughs> Praise God. Ooh, that's what the, that's what the, uh, uh, the young man that was the uh, prodigal, he had a ball. He had, a, he had it all. And then he ran in the wrong direction. Thank God. He realized, man, I don't think I want to continue this way. And he came back. Moving right along. Hallelujah. So there are conditions. God's grace is unmerited favor, but it is very much conditional. First condition is faith. Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians 2.8. Faith. Number two. Galatians 5.4, being rightly positioned for grace. And then the one I just mentioned, Acts 20.24, 20, do not let anything move you out of your position. Now, I'm, I'm talking to you from a perspective of somebody that, had, that spent 15 years out of position. And I couldn't figure out, could not really figure out exactly why. I just knew this is not working. Born again, filled, filled, tongue talking, going to church faithfully, paying my tithe, doing all the requirements, but being miserable to the point of suicide. I'd received a prophecy in the early days saying, you will serve me in ministry, and you will go back to your own people. None of these things were in my real house, as they say. Like, ministry? I was freshly saved. See, here's where we make the mistake. Just because God asked us to get in a position doesn't mean that we should immediately get on a mission field. He didn't ask for that. We were definitely not ready, but what he was asking for is obedience. He wanted us to position ourselves so that we could receive that grace to prepare us to go on a mission field. Fifteen years, Josette wouldn't even answer the phone anymore because she thought it would be a call from the police saying that I jumped off of a building in Denver. Talk about miserable. And then, I, that's God's mercy, because I was not in position. But God's mercy made it possible for me to have an experience in the mountains of Colorado as I was driving. I pulled, off the, pulled the car off the road, 
and I had a moment with God. You know, when God doesn't speak to you or show up for 15 years, you're kind of enjoying it. So I had a moment. And at the end of that, I was just enjoying God's love, God's mercy, that he would talk to me again, that he would show his love. And then at the end, <laughs> he showed me a piece of paper. It looked pretty much like this, with the exception that there was a date in the upper left corner. That was that day's date. And then a place down here, your signature here. And don't do this, please. But I, I, I told God, I said, God, I don't sign blank checks. And I don't sign contracts that have no paragraphs in it. Don't tell God stupid things like that. <laughs> So there was a little silence, and then he said, you've been writing every paragraph of your life for the past 15 years. How do you like it? Well, I knew I didn't like it. I was ready to sign it. If he had sent me to Jupiter, I would have signed so France was no problem. I'm, I'm going back. I'll serve you. I'll do what I'll jump through whatever hoop you want. I feel so good right now to get back in position that I'll do anything you ask me to do. Maybe that's your, your story. Maybe God asked you to do something. Now, it's not about being involved in what he asked you to do, but an obedient heart that says, Yes, sir. When and where and with whom you want, but I'm ready now. When it, whatever. That's what it takes to get back in position. This fits some of us here today. Amen? And sometimes it's so far-fetched, so out of character, you say, I can't do that, but i got news for you. If you can't do it, you know somebody that can my grace is sufficient for you. My, I don't know, my power is manifested in your weakness. When you're weak, when you're unable, when you're not up to, the, up to speed, my grace is sufficient. All you have to do is say, okay, I'm not going to lie on my own strength, but let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the broke say, I'm rich. Let the stupid say, I'm wise in God. You know how simple it is? You know, the gospel is not complicated. Amen? I, I believe that we need to... I, I don't think that the, there's a successful... Uh, communication of the word without at least a declaration, at least a decision being made. You know, you may want to buy a house, you know, you may even have the money, but, you know, until you commit and you put that signature on there, nothing is going to happen. 
So what we're going to do this morning, you know, God knows, <laughs> listen, he did not lose your address. He knows exactly where you live. Uh, you know, I don't need to know what you're going through or where you're at. He already does. All that's required is for us to acknowledge, and I'll be, I'll be in line too somehow, is to acknowledge, hey, I'm, I'm not satisfied with this. Whatever it takes, I'm going to get into a position to be a recipient of God's full grace for abundant life. Is that good? Is that good? Well, let's pray. And then, then I'll ask you to do some, uh, those that want to, but, you know, it, this is some, you, you don't just do it because I'm asking you to. It's, but if you want to make a... a a commitment, I will not ask you to come forward, but you tell, in your heart, you tell God, hey, I'm not, I'm moving out of this. I'm getting out of my cave. I am positioning myself to receive everything that you have. Amen. Father, I thank you. Thank you for these wonderful warriors. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the longevity, for the faithfulness. There are many here that, oh my goodness, do they qualify for this, for this title of, of being faithful. They've been faithful with little, with whatever they, they had. But Lord God, today, today you're opening the windows of heaven. Lord God, you are giving us an opportunity, just like you gave me some 35 years ago by asking me to sign that contract. And every paragraph, every event that you put in that, on that blank sheet of paper has been wonderful. It's been miraculous. It's been powerful. It's been, oh my goodness, it's been miraculous. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we enter, we are about to enter into an agreement and a contractual agreement with you today. And it will open the way. It will open a door that no man can possibly shut. Lord God, there will be testimonies coming about this day in the future, as Lord, you, you open the floodgates of heaven and release all these things that have been kept back, but in Jesus' name, because men and women today are going to position themselves to receive it. They're going to be <laughs> just, just overcome with blessing in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.